Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. This one, recorded August 28th, 2014, Carl Berger and Ingrid Serzo, my guests on the topic of Don Cherry. Why am I doing this introduction at the beginning of the first part? Well, and why was this one not uploaded a lot earlier in the series? This one was one of a bunch. We have a little fun, not so fun nickname for WKCR, the home of technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, One of the three discs, the first of the three discs that I recorded the show on did not come out. And uh, so it's an incomplete program, but it's such a great show. I, I set it aside to air at a later date and here we are. It's later. And the fact that I didn't put this one up initially was not because it wasn't fantastic, because it really is. This program means so much to me. Um, It is, you're going to hear a story of love, devotion, innovation, commitment of a lifetime, and what Don Cherry called complete communion. I'm sorry we don't have the beginning of the program, but what you're going to hear is well worth missing out on that other part for, I assure you. If you happen to have recorded that show at home that night and you have it, let me know. You can email me at deepfocusnow at gmail.com, deepfocusnow at gmail.com. And uh, okay, let's get right to it. This once again, it was a Monday evening, August 28th, 2014. Carl Berger and Ingrid Serzo on the topic of the beloved Don Cherry. You guys were talking about having met Don at uh, Le Shaki Pesh, and that was around, that was 65 then, I take it. Yes, April 65, we started there, right. And at that time, um, you know, that group was was a group that could not really talk a lot together because <laughs> um, Gato only spoke Spanish right? and the uh, bass player only French and English and uh, the, the drummer only Italian and French, <laughs> you know? And I spoke German and f- English and Don only English. <laughs> right. So there was no real conversation <laughs> possible, you know? But you guys played together for quite a while. Yes, and uh, also Don insisted on uh, rehearsals every day. So we played every night except Mondays, but we also rehearsed every day. So there was a rehearsal at four. Right. 
And Don would come in and say, okay, hello, uh, that was it. Then he would pound things out on the piano. Right. And um, uh, Ornette told me once, uh, because I was wondering how Don did it, because he always came with new tunes. Yeah. And I was like, he was walking around with a shortwave radio headphones all day. And, and Ornette told me later, um, that he calls Don the man with the elephant memory because he could just hear a song once and then know it and play it, you know? Yeah. So actually, even Ornette, who was writing a new song every day, could not remember exactly every note because he wasn't writing in the beginning, you know? Yeah. Uh, and or Don was the one who remembered them, you know, the songs. Don, it's funny. You know, I know some... Maybe you can give some insight into this. I'm, I am not a musician. Um, and I know some composers who uh, don't really spend a lot of time listening to music. They've got stuff in their head and they're right. you know, responding to that and leading their band and whatever else might be going on with them. Don always, always, always was a, um, an avid consumer of right. music, just eating it, drinking it. Yeah, exactly. So he would be hearing a line from some radio in uh, Afghanistan or <laughs> Africa or wherever, and he would just pound it out on the piano and for about a half hour, and then he would leave because he would like expect everybody to have the same kind of memory that he <laughs> yeah. had, you know. And uh, lucky for us, when the night came, he had heard some other songs, so he wasn't really <laughs> playing those. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. There was a rehearsal, an intense rehearsal, and in the evening he played none of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it was like you had to be on your toes with Sherry all the time. Oh, you know? I'm sure. He was like, you know, but there were like some fundamental tunes, about 20, 30 of them, which were his compositions and which we played like all the time and which I'm still playing today. Like next Tuesday, we're actually going to play a set at the Stone um, with that music, you know, uh, Don Cherry's music that, that he then, and, and with players who played with uh, 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 Don also. And uh, so these songs are still with me. You know, like we pl we're still playing these songs and Ingrid too. You know, and actually Ingrid started writing some new texts to some of the songs, like Manhattan Cry, for example, or Remembrance, uh, which um, you know. And uh, so, so this was like a process over the last I don't know how many years now. <laughs> and you were you were writing too after a period of time, right? Yes, yeah, but um, it was mostly mostly um, a mix of his pieces, Ornette's pieces, and then, so, and then whatever he had heard on the radio. <laughs> you know? he, he was uh, a remarkably consistent that way. All Again, all these things that you're saying are things that, as much as his music continued to evolve and he was wide open discovering new things, he yeah. was an, an antenna, but very consistent in that way. Well, he had a he had a, a uh, talent that I haven't seen anyone uh, really um, show me that way, and that is he could like 
replay, re, re replicate a sound yes. as complex as, let's say, uh, Telonius Monk chords. Yes, that's, a, that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. I was hearing in my head him playing Bemsha's Swing. Yeah. And you've heard a thousand pianists play it. Yeah. And he wasn't a primarily pianist. He wasn't a piano player. But, yeah, he, but could, he could play, he could not only find the right notes, he'd find the right shades. Yes. He'd find the right dynamics. He would make it sound like Telonius. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uncanny, you know? Yeah. It was something I could not believe. I could. He would, like, pound out songs by, by, by Telonius on the piano. And I thought Telonius is in the room, you know. That's, yeah. And he's not a piano player. Yeah. So, so now even seasoned piano players have a real hard time even figuring out what the hell Telonius does in order to, like, you know, Ingrid and I were, um, when we first came here, one of the first visits we did was at the Village Vanguard. And there was a double bill of Telonius Monk Quartet and Bill Evans Trio. Wow. Alternating, right? Mm -hmm. And if we wouldn't have been there seeing it with our own eyes, I would have sworn there was a different piano on stage for the yeah. Telonius set and for the Evans set. Sure. Like, I would, when, when Telonius came on, he started playing. I said, now this piano is gone. It's out of <laughs> tune now. And Bill Kumani would be perfectly in tune. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, so that uh, that's, that's like a huge lesson, you know, like to understand that you can really dynamically shade the sound so it sounds like a different tuning. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I'm that's the kind of stuff that I learned from Don. You yeah. Know? yeah, I'm imagining Monk playing a lot harder than Bill Evans, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but but also like like you know you 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 may find the right notes, but you're not gonna get the sound you know unless you find the dynamics for each finger. And it's funny you know? in particular to say that about it would be one thing to say that about a trumpet where you know everybody could play the trumpet they're gonna sound different, but a piano, you're you really are playing that note. Yeah, but. The difference in touch is yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, the, the next step beyond that, I would say, and tell me if you would agree with this, not only could Don do all that, but he was also drop dead certain you could do it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And and that was, it was just, a, for him, it was like breathing, it was like walking, it was... Yes. Of course you can do that. Go yeah. ahead, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. We're going to do it together. It's going to oh, be yeah. great. Yeah, exactly. So, so this music has been with us all these years. So uh, uh, next week I'm doing this residency at the Stone for a whole week. Yeah, and I want to talk about that. Yeah. And we're going to open Tuesday night with, with Don Cherry's music from that time. Fantastic. You know, so it'll be like all these songs that we recorded on Symphony for Improvisers, and then later in, 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 in other recordings, you know, and you're actually going to play some of those recordings yeah, that yeah, we yeah, have yeah. From, from Europe. Yeah. And uh, uh, with us will be people that Don met through the Creative Music Studio, which we started later, which Don was a very huge influence to get going, you know. That, I, I, yeah. and all, I, I hope we can see how much we can squeeze into a brief three-hour blink yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of time tonight. Yeah, I just wanted to 
But I was just going to give people, if you don't know, you should know about Creative Music Studio that you went on to form with Don Cherry and yes. Burnett Coleman in Woodstock and it became a vital resource right. for this music. And, and we did do a show about that, talking about uh, the way that you together developed the idea, ans- answered the question, how should this music be? taught and shared yes, with the next generation, exactly. which is... Uh, yeah, the school, you know, I thought the schools would like sort of take it over after we closed in the 80s, but they haven't been able to do it. Like, you cannot do that in a school system, you know, obviously, because there is just a, a whole other approach necessary, you know, to go really for the individual uh, dynamics and timing and things that the schools are are, uh, don't, are not able to really uh, relate in that kind of depth, you know. Yeah. You know, like because the material is so overwhelming that to learn and then everybody gets stuck there, and people leave school and they think they got it, but all they got is the notes. They haven't really. They got don't have the touch. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. You absolutely. Know? And so, of course, individual teachers will always. Uh, know that and and teach that the right way, you know. But the Creative Music Studio, we were trying to really get our main focus on on elements that are common to any music, and that at the same time are very very personal, you know. Yeah. That become totally personal, you know. And and Cherry was a very big influence. So actually, with the help of. Um, uh, a new executive producer that joined us, uh, Rob Saffer, we are now doing those workshops again. Not really year-round like we, because we don't have the facility and money and all of that, but uh, now we're doing like fall and spring sessions. So we actually have another one coming up uh, end of uh, September. And, um, and so people like Marty Ehrlich and John Hallbeck and um, and actually Steve Gorn will and Badal Roy will be there doing the Indian work and then Ingrid myself are doing all this basic practice which deals with the rhythm, the sound, the breath, the and voice, the voice, and then and, and then the improvising orchestra that we're doing in New York the last three years. We do that every night, every day as well. Fantastic. And then people uh, jam and play together. So that's like, this is the second year that we're doing it again. And it's really great to, a great field. It's a beautiful resort out there called the Full Moon Resort. And where is that exactly? Huh? Where exactly? It's in in, uh, Big Indian, New York, which is about 20 minutes uh, north of uh, uh, Woodstock. And let me just uh, catch people up if they're just joining us. The show's called Deep Focus. Our guests tonight, Carl Berger and Ingrid Sertzow. If you are an improvising musician or no one, know someone who is, these people you're talking about are bright lights of this music. These are people who have uh, the greatest experience and created music together and with others throughout the world and this is a magnificent resource to put before right. uh, a developing musician and also by the way we have like over several people in these workshops who are not even musicians but they are just like very close in their listening 
and just like want to be around it and and develop their yeah their life because the musical principles are principles of life you know like you improvise all the time and you think you there's nothing to learn there's plenty to learn you know absolutely yeah well it's a big part of this show we were talking about it right. off mic earlier that right big thing we're trying to share is the idea of yeah. what it means to well, if you don't mind, I'm yeah. going to mention where you find the information. Yeah, I was right? just about to ask you that. Yeah. See, we're, we're improvising together. Yeah, you here. go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you go to the web pages of uh, creativemusicfoundation.org, that's where you find videos from the last sessions, and you're going to find the, the, the background and the philosophy. You find some blogs of mine. And uh, and you and you also find archive information of the last uh, 400 tapes that we are actually digitizing for the, actually here for Columbia University Fantastic. Library, and actually there is a bunch of Don Cherry things that you don't know. I bet. I, there, well, that, the great so, thing about this, the more so about a, about yeah. six months from now, we should have another one where we can like get you yeah 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 <laughs> acquainted with all that stuff that, that yeah. the, the best thing about this is the the yeah. more i find out i don't know <laughs> the more there is to, yeah. to discover creative music foundation creative music foundation.org yes Creative Music Foundation. Right, and so there's actually we are doing um, archive releases now. We're starting it too, you know. So the first compilation is out. So these compilations will come out through the Innova Records. Uh huh. And uh, but then we start. We want to start a digital label where, with the in in collaboration with the artists who we feel own all the intellectual rights of their sure. music. We will together uh, release some of that music over the next years. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But it would be more like digitally rather than creating CDs and pressing because that would be like a capital input we just can't make. You know, sure. We'd rather put the money into life sure. and creating new music and, and connecting with people around the world. You know. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Um, and let's talk just a little bit more, if you don't mind, about uh, what's happening at the Stone. Yes. You said the first night is some of the same music that you were playing yeah, with Don the Cherry. Yeah, the first night will be really dedicated to Don Cherry's music with people who, uh, actually most of them met Don through us at CMS. For example, Peter Apfelbaum sure. and Stephen Bernstein will be there. Great. Both of which were like 18 years old when they came to the Creative Music Studio to meet Jerry in a workshop. I've interviewed both of them about right. that, as a matter right. of fact. And yeah. Peter later was music director for Don for quite a while. I remember and Don sitting in that chair where you are right. sitting saying, Hey, I've had a great time living in New York all these years. Right. I'm moving to San Francisco to right. be part Peter, of this thing Peter's doing. Yes. Yeah. So, and Peter did a wonderful job, like uh, taking Dom into various directions, you know, from and uh, creating opportunities with the hieroglyphics and yeah. all of those things, you know. Peter's got some yes. big ears. And so. then there was another band where Mark Elias played with Dom. And that's uh, Mark will be on the Tuesday oh, night great. gig as well. Yeah, you know. And uh, unfortunately, um, Blackwell, who's always been our drummer, is no longer around. So Tani Dabal will play drums. Oh, who's fantastic. like yeah. so close to his playing? You yeah. know, he's sort yeah, of yeah. really in that school of 
feel, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if if Hamid would live in New York, he would probably <laughs> want to play on that as well. I'm sure, you know? he would be there. Right. It's uh, this is all happening at the Stone Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday so, the second of December. The so Stone that'd be is. Let me just tell everybody. September. September. The stone is <laughs> something you're hearing, Rich. Yeah. Uh, the stone is Avenue C and Second Street. Yeah. And then um, so it'll be an eight o'clock and a ten o'clock set mm-hmm. uh, with that. And uh, actually, on the ten o'clock set, I invited a German uh, guitarist, Carsten Ratke, to play with us because he's part of our European group, which we start, just started in Berlin a few months ago. We were Ingrid and I were at a at a festival over there, and we decided to start a European group uh, with uh, Baby Summer and others. And so Carson uh, is just in New York right now, so I invited him to come and Great. play with us. Yeah. And uh, continuing through yeah, the week? Yeah, then after that, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, we're doing things that are just happening now that are not released yet. Um, a new group where Ken Filiano and Kenny Wessel, the guitarist, yeah. plays with Ingrid and myself, so sort of as a fundamental quartet. Mm-hmm. And um, we are adding, on the first night, we adding, yeah, Carson will be there again for one set. But then in the second set, Kirk Nofke will join us. Mm-hmm. And I just did a tour album with Kirk Nofke, actually a double album for the um, No Business label in Lithuania. And uh, so we'll do some duets, duets at the 10 o'clock set and then with the whole group. So eight and 10 again with that, uh, we call it kick, you know, which is uh, Carl, Ingrid, Kenny and Ken. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so and kick will play Thursday as well. And Thursday, Jason Wang will join us, oh, the, the violinist. Yeah. And I did some other duet recordings with him, so the 10 o'clock set will start with those duets. Great. Yeah. And then uh, Friday will be a Tzadik night, ah. you know, because I'm, as you might know, John invited me to, John Zone invited me to record piano music for Tzadik and the first solo album came out already a couple of years ago, three years ago, uh, called Strangely Familiar. Mm -hmm. And it's actually got quite a good reception. It's a very special kind of music, very kind of uh, emphasizing space and silence and uh, moving like very, very, uh, very reflectively. And uh, that the eight o'clock will be that solo set. I'm gonna play those compositions from the CD, and the ten o'clock set will be the next release, which we ho- was hoping it would be a CD release party, but now it's only coming out next month oh. uh, in October. So we're just like it, it, and that has Harvey Sorgan on drums and Joe Fonda on bass. And it's similar tunes like Strangely Familiar. This one is called Gently Unfamiliar. Ah, okay. (laughs) So that's the Friday night. It's like a Saturday night. Yeah. And on Saturday, uh, we're doing something I called Close Encounters. Um, We're going to play with William Parker, with Taishan Sori and Ingrid and uh, Ron Smith on drums. Oh, fantastic. And it'll be like an 8 and a 10 o'clock set with that. 
So that's like really new territory. Yeah. You know? And Taishan was actually at the spring uh, creative music studio session. That's oh. where I actually met him. Oh, you know? yeah. What a talent. <coughs> so that was this spring, he was one of the guiding artists at CMS at, at Big Indian at the Full Moon Resort, which, Great. by the way, is a beautiful resort. You know, you can imagine. It, imagine in the fall up there, yeah. all the colors and so on. You should come. I think I might have to. Yeah. If you haven't been, you know, we we put up with a lot living here in New York City. You know that. Yes. And uh, so now to, you, to finish gotta, this yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Sunday night um, we're gonna do. Um, oh, actually, I forgot to mention with Taishan. Also, Graham Haynes will join oh, us. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And then on Sunday, um, oh, I think it's Sunday that William Parker is joining us. I think it's, yeah, that's, Graham Haynes is playing Saturday. Mm -hmm. Sunday, William Parker and Taishan will play with me. I should have my paper in front well, of me. <laughs> you find the information really uh, both on um, on our website, the creativemusicfoundation.org, but also, of course, on the stone which I think is, is it the Stone NYC? Yeah, the Stone NYC, and there's a calendar, and it's very, very detailed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the Saturday is really Graham Haynes, Ken Filiano, Warren Smith, Ingrid, and myself. This and then is, the Sunday is uh, yeah. Taishan Sori, um, William Parker. That's the 8 o'clock set. I'm guessing there are going to be a lot of people coming down yeah. Multiple nights, night right. after night, this whole... And finally, yeah. on uh, 10 o'clock Sunday, we do the 74th performance of the uh, orchestra, the Improvisers ah, Orchestra, great. which uh, John also started at the Stone three years ago. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, I thought it would go like for like a couple of times. It's grown to... All these players, uh, everybody's playing with us, and the stone is too small. To I was going to say, is, is there room for any audience? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so this will be like a special group, more more dedicated to uh, a, a, not like jazz oriented. There'll be more classical orientation mm -hmm. in terms of the instrumentation. Uh, it'll be about 15 players probably. The stone. If you have not been to the stone, you. This is a this is an extraordinarily intimate venue, and uh, it's this is a magnificent opportunity, a week long celebration of the music of one of my guests tonight, Carl Berger. Yeah. And uh, if this music that we're playing speaks to you, you want to be that's where you want to be. I was saying that we put up with a lot of stuff living here in the city, and you got to be nice to yourself. You got to come and experience things like this, these moments of magnificent, how can I even put it, this, this, <laughs> this, this magical thing that happens, yes. celebrating this music here in the city in places like the Stone, and ah, to be in a place like uh, Big Indian in the fall for yes. this workshop. I mean, it starts on the September 30th, it goes till the 3rd of July, of uh, uh, October. I've been very lucky. I've gotten to travel a lot around the world, and uh, there have been many times when I've been in one of these magic places where you see postcards from, and I look around, and I go, this is really nice, but yeah, it's not nicer than upstate New York. 
Right. <laughs> it's beautiful up there. Right. That's as lovely a place as there is that I have found yes. in the world. So do yourself a favor, listeners, and uh, you know, if you're hearing this and this is something you want to pursue in your life with this music, take the next step. There's no better opportunity, no better group of people to be around. So uh, go to creativemusicfoundation.org. Yeah, right. Oh, this is uh, this is very exciting. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Richard. We're, uh, the show's called Deep Focus. This is WKCR-FM New York. I'm Mitch Goldman. And our guests tonight, Ingrid Serzo and Carl Berger. And we are putting the deep focus on the music of the great Don Cherry, who really had a, such a shaping influence on your life. And um, I'm wondering, you know, when I mentioned this recording that we've been listening to, these, this, and this in itself, hearing these outtakes from Our Man in Jazz, this is unknown to the world other than a handful of collectors, as far as I know. Um, I should find out if Sonny Rollins has a copy of it. He should. Yes. And uh, you knew right away exactly what I was talking about. Was that one of the recordings that, uh, when you were in Germany, when that first came out, was that on the radar for you guys? Absolutely, yes. That was definitely right in that ballpark, you know. And uh, we were, like, looking for every note like that coming out, you know. Yeah. Yes. Was that maybe— And Billy Higgins and Blackwell from the start were sort of my favorite— drummers yeah I never got to play with Billy but um, we played we played with Blackwell all the time yeah yeah and uh, when Blackwell got really sick we played with um, uh, JC Moses mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, we played with uh, uh, a few others but it's just like there was no other drummer like Blackwell when he mm -hmm. died like there was like we were looking for forever to really s replace that feel, you know. He had a flow. I know. And he was also, you know, he would, like, never repeat himself. You yeah. could, like, not write arrangements for him. He would just play the arrangement of a song every time in a different way, and you would never know which one was more perfect. Yeah. And what a... What a sweet nature. I mean, uh, he yes. must have had another side, but if he did, I never saw it. He was uh, just the most delightful oh, man. Oh, yeah, he could, have, he could be really cutting, too, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could, he could not stand if somebody was not perfect. You know, like I remember one conversation in the studio where I said to Blackwell, we have, let's do this tune one more time. And he said, Why? <laughs> and I said, well, I made a little mistake. And he said, that's your problem. <laughs> I mean, we did repeat it, you know, but yeah. still, that's how, that's how he saw it, you know. Wow. Why did you practice at home? You know, that right, kind of, <laughs> right. I'm sure now I... Uh, Don Cherry, I could imagine, would say, well, there, you know, there are no mistakes. Right. Right? It's all part of it. Right. Tell me, I was asking about um, when that record came out, Our Man in Jazz, this this is the ensemble. It was from the same session we're listening to. Sonny Rollins, Don Cherry, Bob Cranshaw, Billy Higgins. What, for you just as a fan, as a listener, the impact of that? Maybe you could expand on that a little bit more and, and hearing this new direction for Sonny and 
Uh, yeah, I, 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 you, you would not expect Sonny to hear Sonny Rollins to play that way, you know. So Sonny must have like really enjoyed himself playing like that because he played so, so inventively and also freely, you know, like just like going away from the changes and just like playing the music. It's just like we had heard it was on that. So I think that Sonny was in a way looking for that too, you know. We're you know we're not gonna we're not going to get to all this great music that I prepared. It's interesting we're talking about this because he plays some very different songs. And it's a very typical Sonny Rollins set list in a way. You know, he's got some, uh, he plays Oleo, he plays uh, Three Little Words, he plays some real kind of cornball stuff from the 20s as only Sonny can and, you know, makes them new. And uh, some just complete what sound to me like improvisations. Right. Um, and it's a little different shape than what comes through in the album that was finally released as our man in jazz. So we'll uh, we'll get to some of that tonight. Listeners, tune in on future Mondays. We'll eventually we'll get to play all of it. And uh, but right now I'm I'm so interested in hearing what you have to say and and about. Uh, about your experience with Don. Why don't we play one more track from this? And uh, okay, we'll uh, I've got some other cool things in the queue that I'm gonna I'm gonna drop on you that might uh, might open some new windows, yes. new ideas. Right. So let's hear one more track. This is another unknown title from uh, the session that produced Our Man in Jazz, a groundbreaking session. Sonny Rollins now working with half of the group that became so well-known playing with Ornette Coleman in recent years at this time, 1962, Don Cherry on pocket trumpet, Billy Higgins on drums, and Bob Cranshaw, who would be Sonny Rollins' bassist, already well-established then and would play with him for decades to come. Yes, yes. And uh, so it's a very interesting moment, and as you say, it's a real departure in Sonny Rollins' playing. So off we go to the Village Gate, which is no longer the Village Gate, but it is still a music venue, Le Poisson Rouge. Le Poisson Rouge, yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of our listeners might know that place. Yes. And, uh, yeah, heading, uh, heading back down. How do you like this? Our CD player fell asleep. It literally says sleep. <laughs> is it still there? Hello. Good morning. And, uh, okay, off to the Village Gate. Come on, we're going to get in the... WKCR time machine. Let's go. Thank you. 
on stage at the Village Gate, Sonny Rollins with Don Cherry, Bob Cranshaw, Billy Higgins. And uh, that's from the WKCR archives, some of the music that did not make the album, Our Man in Jazz, 1962, July 30th, 1962. And playing that as part of the program, Deep Focus, tonight with our guests, Ingrid Serzo and Carl Berger here in the studio. And uh, really having such a great time talking with you guys about uh, your experiences with Don Cherry, who's obviously one of your favorite people ever, aside from or in addition to what you said that's so manifestly true that you wouldn't be here without him, right. but uh, also that uh, you you adored him, you loved him. Well, you know, he was basically he was basically a um, um, translating. Um, Ornette's approach to music to us, you know, and so he was sort of a translator in a way, but he had his own flavor about it too because he did the whole world music thing. He was the first guy that uh, made it like completely plain that uh, the common base of all the music can just be utilized in a very simple way by just like simply taking any melody from anywhere in the world or any rhythm that you'll ever hear and just use it your own way and not even worry about all these stylistic considerations and God knows what, you know. He would just go at the music completely naively and creatively and uh, that that was sort of totally nude and nobody that did that before, you know. And that is basically, that became the, the, the basis for the creative music studio, you know? Like that whole philosophy of um, there's a common ground to all the music and the, that you can study. And if you study that, then your personality will come out uh, much stronger than if you study just in a certain style to start with. It's almost as if you would say, um, if you study a style of music, you start sort of in the first floor and you're leaving out the ground floor, you know. Ground floor is what is music? What, What is the common base of what is rhythm and what is sound? What, what is common to every, every kind of music? And once you go there and you find like ways of actually really um, systematically work with those elements, um, then you have a ground floor in which you can join into any style. And once you join any other style, then like classical or jazz or whatever, you, your personality will shine through a lot more. You know. You you just put your finger on my definition of the word genius. Yeah. Is someone who comes up with these ideas that, right. uh, in hindsight, they're perfectly obvious. Yes. And it's kind of a wonder that nobody else put it quite that way before yes and that's that's don cherry that's perfect right perfectly yeah exactly now was he was his concept for that as completely developed as it was mm. you know basically basically um my role was to actually conceptualize these things he he was he wouldn't even say, had said it this way it was just an instinctive thing yeah he was just doing it yeah right you know, he was he was living these principles. And, and how you know, how did it dawn on you that 
this was happening, that there was, and there was a role for you to be played in his life? I think so, yeah. I think so. How did that, was that apparent? Was that ever discussed? Was that something that evolved over time? How did that work? Well, you know, um, uh, my background, my background is also, um, uh, I studied um, philosophy and musicology and had a way of learning how to organize my thoughts and and, and, and I sort of, the creative music studio started essentially with me asking, what are we doing? You know, why does it work? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so rather than, you know, Don wouldn't even bother asking any questions right. like that, you know? Yeah. So it was sort of my role to sort of find out what, what is it. So I said, okay, if we tell the next generation, then we're going to, you know, it's sort of, sort of by formula, formulating what we're doing, it crystallizes for me as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it did, you know? So basically... The Creative Music Foundation is, uh, f- or studio is really nothing else but a crystallization of these principles that Ornette and Don, you know, or- Ornette always wanted to write a book, but he never did. Yeah, yeah, you it's know? always about to, yeah, seem to be released. He, because um, I always said that Ornette talks the way he plays. Yeah. You know, like he talks homilotic. Yeah, you know, which means a sentence starts, and in the middle of the sentence, it becomes another sentence. You know, <laughs> and the, the subject becomes the object, and so on. You know. Now, is, is there such a book somewhere to be published, or? Uh... Yeah, I'm working on one. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, right, I'm working on one called Music Mind. Ah. And it goes actually another step further into um, um, the area of. Uh, what your natural state of mind really is, you know? Like somebody like Don was that spontaneous, yeah. you know? And we all can be that way. Yeah. You yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, and we, when you listen to the, the tribes um, sing and dance, you know, and we all thinking uh, about stuff and having coffee while they all sing and dance, you don't see like half of the tribe sitting there listening. They're all playing. Yes. Everybody's playing, everybody's dancing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a community, you know, that we, the listener and the, the, the separation of the listener and the player is not as deep as, as it is made out to be in, in our society, you know? Mm-hmm. You can become a player in your own mind. Mm-hmm. You don't need to learn an instrument necessarily. You can go to that same place where we go when we play. Yes. You know, so as a listener, you can go there. Yes. You know? Yeah. So anyway, that's how so it, it goes there as well. In other words, the book is not just about conceptualizing the the idea of the common base of music and the personal, personal sense of, and the beat-for-beat beat attention and all these things that we develop, but also about that, like uh, trying to explain and bring in uh, everybody into the music regardless where you are at right now in terms of being a musician or not, you know. You are listening to WKCR. We call this show Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman and guests in the studio tonight. Ingrid Serzo and Carl Berger taking over the stone starting a week from tomorrow, Tuesday night, and continuing through the week. And you can find out more about that at thestonenyc.org.
stonenyc.org.com. Yeah, I think that's what it is. The Stone NYC. Stone NYC, yeah. And at creativemusicfoundation.org. And uh, I have a little surprise for you, Carl Berger. And that is a recording uh, that features a, a very intriguing young pianist you might be familiar with by the name of Carl Berger. <laughs> and this is a recording made in Stuttgart, May 12th. Do you know where you were? May 12th, 1966. Oh, my God. I know where you were. Now I feel like Phil Shep. I'm getting to tell you your life 50 years ago. <laughs> yes. You were in Stuttgart at the Beethoven Saal, Liederhalle in Stuttgart, in, uh, with uh, Don Cherry playing his, I suppose, recently released music from the recently, recently released album, Complete Communion. So this was the quintet we were talking about of uh, Don's playing cornet, as it's listed here, Gatto Barbieri on tenor, you playing piano. The bassist is Bo Steef and the drummer Aldo Romano. Huh. And uh, any recollections? Do you remember being there? Do you remember the venue? Yes, I was, uh, in Stuttgart, right? Yeah, 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 of course. But I thought it was Jenny Clark on bass. Maybe, but uh, maybe because we could lived be a mistake in Paris, here. I remember, and I, I, I think I remember driving with Jenny Clark to that gig. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you come. I'm not. I'm not challenging you. Well, let's uh, see. Let's see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll but see. But also, I remember that we were. It could also be that it's, I'm thinking of a different gig because I remember driving back with him to Paris in the middle of the night, and it must have been in the winter time because ah. because we were like s s sliding on the ice. Ah. And we had to stop and get into a hotel because we were almost had an accident. And um, yeah, so that may not be the same game. Yeah. Or maybe this was, uh, maybe this is written. Oh no, you know what? It's possible this is, it says 1966-05-12. It could be December 5th. I might be, I might be wrong about that. I say what? It's, it's noted, it says 1966 0512. Oh, so 0512. It no, might be December, December yeah. 5th. I, you think, might be, I think that's ah, more like it. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, that's more like I'm it. I'm not Phil Shep, I guess. And if that is the case, then it would have been Jenny Clark playing bass. Ah, okay. So mislabeled mis here as Bo Steve. Well, because Bo Steve only joined the group in Copenhagen for one month because Jenny Clark was sick. And he couldn't come with us to Copenhagen. And the recordings that are out on ESP now, which were recorded at the Montmartre in Copenhagen, mm -hmm. uh, that had Bo Steve. And Bo Steve basically jumped in. He's a local Danish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and he jumped in at a very young age, uh, replacing Shandy Clark. Ah. And that was the only time. I remember that we played with Bo Steve. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, so that's great. So this is actually... It could be... I can tell you from the playing. Okay. You know, like after this... But because Shetty Clark had a very spe very special way of playing the bass, so I, I would be able to tell you. Okay. And uh, anything else you remember about the gig or... Uh only that we nearly had an accident. It's <laughs> <going laughs> funny back things you remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like asking you, you know, well, this, this, I, I, this is like one of uh, I'm torturing you a little bit <laughs> asking you these questions. 
But uh, let's see what comes back to mind when uh, when we listen to the music. Yeah, sure, of course. All right. So uh, this is a this is a really exceptional rare recording uh, made in Stuttgart. It's a beautiful, big, beautiful. Co- I've been to this concert oh, it's a, hall. Yeah, it's a place where they have their festival every year too. Yes, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's a it's a proper. European oh, yeah, it's concert a con- hall. big concert hall. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and uh, it's the uh, Beethoven Saal in Stuttgart, and it's Don Cherry Complete Communion. So let us get in the time machine and uh, <laughs> turn the needle back to 1966. We are here with Carl Berger. The program is called Deep Focus on WKCR. Did I put it? Did I put it in the uh, in the machine? Yes, I did. Okay, here we go. Here we go. is part one of two parts of this program recorded Monday, August 28th, 2014. My guests, Carl Berger and Ingrid Serzo on the topic of Don Cherry. Go listen to part two. And if you haven't subscribed already, please do so. You'll don't cost you nothing. You won't hear any ads. You won't get any reminders other than notification when a new episode gets posted, which I think is a pretty good thing. And you can also follow us along on um, Instagram. We are Deep Focus Podcast at Instagram, deep underscore focus underscore, underscore. Did I say that right? Deep underscore focus underscore podcast on Instagram. And this show is all about going deeper and seeing how much you can pull out of the music that you listen to and and everything that's around you. It's about consciousness. If you want to find out more about Deep Focus, you can go to my personal website, which is mitchgoldman.com, and pull down the Deep Focus tab, and you'll find more information about The Origin of the Show, also listings of every episode ever, most of which are already posted on uh, as part of the podcast. And it's also searchable. Click around. There's a few different places to go. And part of it, there's a Google search tab that you can enter any information and find find every time we ever talked about Don Cherry 
or every time that uh, Carl Berger was a guest or whatever you might want to look for. So uh, please go do that and come along for the ride. We're having a great time. Okay, I'll see you over at part two, second and final part of this program.